0: I am Connie Ochola Iseme. I work for Lucy Electric as a regional manager, East Africa. And my main purpose is increasing uh, the Lucy Electric market share in Africa.
1: In November, 2021, Much of the industry news was dominated by conversations, debates and announcements out of Glasgow's COP26 assembly. With so much focus on climate change, I caught up with Connie Ochala iseme from Lucy Electric to talk about COP26, industry solutions and working toward net zero in Africa. Connie, thank you for joining me for a conversation on power and energy market developments.
0: Thank you for having me.
1: Connie, we've known each other for so many years, and it's always a pleasure to get you on the line during your busy schedule.
0: Yes, Nicolette, was it um, at Africa Utility Week, where we first met, I think about five years ago, how time flies.
1: It does, and I believe that was in Cape Town, and it is still being held in Cape Town. So during my recent conversations with Africa's power and energy personalities, the topic of COP26 always crops in, probably because the messaging has changed from climate change to climate action. So let's start with that, Connie. If you were invited to give a keynote address on behalf of of Africa at COP26 this year or even next year, what would the title of your presentation be and why that title?
0: So I would call it Africa, the grey area. And this is based on just analyzing what was agreed upon on the Paris Agreement and the slow evolution into COP26, whereby the developed countries promised to help developing countries to tackle climate change. And with these promises, there are various, various key factors that they had agreed to deliver to ensure that they were at a better position than they were before. So what happens now? you find that these developing countries, if you compare against the developed countries, are on different pages. The developing countries are still trying to eradicate poverty, and they're still dealing with the development and agendas. So clearly, they're in need of more support to focus on the climate action bit of it. So what happens and what is required from these developed countries is more of looking into how to do climate financing
1: that is such a good point that you've raised there it is all about how are we going to finance this and i love the title of your presentation looking at it as a gray area so at cop 26 and any other cop meeting you are likely to meet a lot of experts from a broad range of energy matters connie when meeting any of these industry stakeholders, what burning question would you want to ask them?
0: Well, you know, Nicolette, there's still about 759 people who still do not have access to electricity. That's something very key to note. And we do have the sustainable development goals, as opposed to also tie in the COP26 agenda. But if we come back and just focus on sustainable development goals, What are these stakeholders doing to support the sustainable development goals? And how do their index call look from last year to this year? How far are they in ensuring that the 17 goals that were set up are working and they're on track? So if we're to narrow it down further to this SDG 7, what are they doing? What policies do they have in place to ensure that, one, the environment is okay, two, the socially we're okay three the economy is working but all of it is narrowed back into the environment what are we doing to have net zero what are we doing to ensure we have lesser carbon emissions how are they playing in that sector and what are they doing to push it forward i believe
1: those will be very interesting conversations to have and i would love to be a fly on the wall to listen to them but Connie, if if you had an opportunity to meet someone famous, who would it be and why that person and what would you talk about?
0: Well, I would like to meet Ms. Damilola Ogunbiyi, who is the CEO and special representative to UN Secretary General, focusing on the sustainable energy for all. And one of the key things that I have been monitoring and just following her is that she has been running various initiatives. I'm looking back at her job in Nigeria, where she did um, an initiative on energizing economies. And I believe she's been able to apply this also as she pushes for sustainable energy for all. So I would want to ask her uh, based on what you're seeing, the different players, how have you been able to move this model onto this next model? And what are the key areas that are also grey for you and how do you plan to make them black or white? I know that she is
1: extremely passionate about that so that is a conversation that will reach a a greater level and she's an excellent choice. I know that uh, Miss Ogenby is a dynamic personality as she featured in ESI Africa issue three in 2020 and I also recall her saying that it takes hard work by an individual to be successful, but that a good mentor has the power to propel them forward. So I really hope that your wish comes true to meet with her one day. And this also brings me to the topic uh, that is something that I've been thinking about a lot as well. And it's around Africa's brain drain. It's often spoken about on uh, you know man, many levels and in many industries. But do you believe that there is a shortage of skilled technicians and engineers in the industry? Or do you perhaps be- believe that this is just a perception?
0: No, no, no. I definitely believe there is a shortage. I will look at it from two angles. One, there's the older engineers group and there's a the new engineers group who are entering into the market. So when you look at various utilities, you'll find there's been a high retirement process going on and a high hiring process coming in. But what happens is they're not creating platforms where the older engineers is able to slowly hand over the different skills at the flood over the dates in order for the new engineer to upskill themselves and be more dynamic in their role. So that is one. Then two, we find that projects are becoming more and more intricate as we go by. I'll give just a rough example. We recently did uh, provide some units, provided some units to a floating PV farm. Um, If you're interested to find out more about it, please feel free to send me an email and we can discuss it at length. But when we have our customers um, coming up with new ways to do things, you find there's a certain skill set that needs to match it to give out ingenious ideas on what to do next and also how to achieve the different goals. Because as usual, customers are constantly demanding for more and more smarter solutions. I think that that is
1: a key element, smarter solutions. We always need to continue research and development around the market. I really like the fact that you mentioned floating PV farms, which is a great example of how engineers are needing to upskill themselves. And I've also seen a lot of development in, for instance, agro uh, photovoltaics, which shows that nexus between water, energy, food. So the newer engineers coming in perhaps know a lot more about the nexus, whereas an older engineer or technician in the field has not really done a lot of research into that. uh, But the two can complement each other, as you have stated. So, Connie, in your role at Lucy Electric, there must be a number of complex projects that come across your desk. Is there a project that stands out for you that you don't mind forever being associated with it?
0: Well, I will go back to my previous role where I was the regional marketer I'm focusing on sub-Saharan Africa. And as you know, there are about 46 countries. So when I came in, we were able to streamline and target the various countries that we would like to focus in on and also to do business with. And that also further formulated into me traveling to, I think, about seven of them back and forth, just trying to understand how they work, who they are, and how do we do business with them. And that has led to an increase in terms of our market share increasing by about 40% which I'm very, very proud about. And also it's giving us a deeper understanding on the consumer and also bringing us closer to them and just making sure our solutions are constantly, constantly being re-engineered to suit their purposes.
1: Let's unpack a bit what the aim of the project was and what made it successful. What were the lessons that were learned by the company or by yourself uh, that you took away from this project or this type of project?
0: The most important thing is to learn to listen to your customer. If you listen, you'll be able to provide them with a solution that will satisfy their needs. So at Lucy Electric, we don't just look at ourselves as a, we're going to, you know, engineer this unit for you. No, we're going to first understand. What are your requirements? What is on ground? How can we take you to the next level? How do we engage with you from the moment you said hello to the moment your unit comes on site? So at every customer touch point, we are keen to take the customer through the process. So doing that ensures that we're constantly getting feedback from our customer and ensuring they're happy and also ensuring that they're successful in their roles.
1: And by doing that, you're also ensuring that the network is growing successfully. Connie, it's interesting to to see how many people find themselves in jobs or careers that they had not planned for during their studies. And knowing what you know today, what would you have done differently in your career?
0: I would have done nothing different, to be honest. I was that child, so to say, who always knew what she wanted to be. I was lucky enough to have uh, parents who are very you know, career focused and setting the, the good direction, setting me in the right direction to follow. Then I found myself working also at Lucy Electric that has values that support my vision. So if you find yourself in an organization that supports your vision, you'll find yourself growing and being more challenged every day and also having a platform to share ideas very freely and getting feedback. And also most importantly, having mentors within the organization who have helped me you know, navigate my path to where I am today. I love the fact that you mentioned mentors there. And this is
1: one of the most important career development tools that anybody can have. Uh, So, I would encourage anyone entering a new market to find themselves a mentor that will help them along their way. And I know that the mentors you've had have been really instrumental in your development. Connie, let's talk about the trends that are coming out uh, globally or even locally what trend do you see in the energy space becoming
0: fundamental to the overall power network? Well, Nicola, if we look at COP26 and the sustainable development goals, I would see the push towards net zero becoming more and more stronger. We are looking at now people pushing for more renewable energy projects. We're also looking at the push towards the EV vehicle sector. So net zero is definitely a trend to look out for.
1: Something else that I'm also finding to be a, a trend in markets, uh, and this is the COVID-19 pandemic, which has put a strain on public and private businesses uh, across the world. As an international company, how did the lockdowns affect Lucy Electric's various offices? And as a result, how has the company then evolved?
0: Well, Lucy Electric has um, pillars that we focus on on a day-to-day basis that dictates how we do one-hour business, how we relate to our customers, and also how we relate with each other internally. So with the outbreak of COVID-19, you first find that Lucy Electric looked inwardly on how one, how are the employees are, how are they, what is their mental state, and how can we ensure that they're mentally comfortable to work from home, and also that they're having healthy relationships with their peers, that even though you're not going to the office, you're still able to talk to each other on a day-to-day basis, because you find during the COVID-19, a lot of mental health issues springed up. So first, Lucy Electric looked at internally, how is our staff and how may we make sure that they're fine to do their day-to-day jobs? Then from there, we had um different types of campaigns running with our customers. How do we engage them? How do we ensure that even though they're not able to come for seminars, which we love to do on a you know on a monthly basis with our customers, how do we ensure that they still get the training that they need to get? So we're able to run various training sessions for our customers online. We became more digital in how we do our business, which was a positive. And we ensured that our communication lines were always open on both ends, internally and externally, which is what is needed to keep a business moving forward. I think that communication
1: is the key word there and uh, we, we have found that with the, the lockdowns, communication has tran- transformed in, in some ways. And I've also read that the pandemic will continue to be a risk factor across the world and will continue to influence the way that we do business. And I think that Lucy Electric has really set itself up to, to uh, manage that uh, through the years to come. So lastly, uh, let's focus on the future, Connie, what are the
0: company's plans for the next year, for 2022? Well, as as I mentioned earlier, we definitely see net zero becoming more and more of a stronger trend. So, this automatically relates into utilities looking into asset replacement and also upgrading of their networks. So, As they're doing this, you find another key area that pops out is the need for data in order to ensure that there's a stability on the network. So Lucy Electric has various um, products that we have in place. For example, Grid Key that allows you to monitor your network and also gives you ideas in terms of are you having a transformer that's overloaded that you need to look into and see how you can recalibrate that. So... We are continuously engineering our products and ensuring that you can have, our customers can have a more stable network and they can also be able to expand their network and they can also be able to monitor the different faults within their network. If they do this, we ensure that our push is to ensure that the customer understands their network at the end of the day in order for us to be able to provide better solutions for them. So we're able to tie it up.
1: I think that 2022 is gonna be a really good year for Lucy Electric and anybody uh, that is looking to improve their network through data uh, and even through uh, automated systems. Mm. So this has been a very insightful conversation for, for me. So thank you Connie for, for spending this time with me and having this conversation with me. I'm really looking forward to seeing you in person again sometime soon.
0: Thank you for that, Nicolette. I also look forward to seeing you in person soon. Um, If anyone has any questions on the points that I may have highlighted in this uh, podcast, please feel free to follow me on my LinkedIn and drop me a message at Connie Ochola Iseme, or feel free to drop me an email at Connie.Ochola at LucyElectric.com.
1: Fabulous. I'm sure that our listeners will be connecting with you. To our listeners, thank you for tuning in for this ESI Africa podcast episode. For more podcasts, news, insights, and videos, you can visit our website on esi-africa.com. Be sure to tune in again for more conversations with industry professionals around topics that matter to Africa's development. Until next time. I'm Nicolette Pompa Sale, editor of ESI Africa, and you've been listening to the ESI Africa podcast.